Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Kayfabe-tober is upon us. These are your drawing prompts, and you guys have been showing and proving in a big, giant way. But don't let, uh, don't run out of steam. Still got some days left in October, and we need to see you draw at the highest level. And we need you to tag us in those uh, images so that we could spread them around uh, as much as possible. We're a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos in our filmography at this point. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that you may not have seen. Pop in your favorite titles in the search field on the front page of uh, the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. That's at magnifying glass. It's kind of like in the middle of, of the page. Search for your favorites. And we're also brought to you by the uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon and the King Kayfabers on our Patreon who support us at the highest level. They're hanging out with us right now in a live stream chat room. A recording session they're seeing all the videos before anybody else and they get access to uh, everything including a queue of about 25 videos that are sitting on the patreon that have yet to see the light of day we kind of bank those for when uh, jimmy and i go on our travels so they clearly are going to get the jump on the kayfabe effect with that in mind we're going to be reading uh mr a by steve ditko this is the first appearance of mr a from the pages of Wit's End, Jimmy brought over the best of Wit's End hardcover collection edited by Bill Pearson and uh, Mike Catron. Uh, this story would have appeared in issue three of Wit's End uh, if you were hanging out in 1968 or thereabouts. And, uh, you know, you have a little collection of Wit's End. Uh, let's jump right into things, Jimmy. Uh, Ditko starts to go down uh, the objectivist randian rabbit hole and and rand you just saw that uh steve ditko uh play man uh do, do, do we uh is that a climactic uh sequence in in the uh program she's a big player in it they yeah. meet in real life and then whenever she passes uh the ghost comes back not to give any spoilers but i enjoyed the play a lot and uh and yeah definitely Anybody that knows Ditko is familiar with Ditko knows that Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand is a huge influence on him moving forward. And this is 1967, so I mean, I feel like this is brand new. Yeah, saying goodbye, goodbye to Spider-Man and like, let me show you what a real hero is. Right. And uh, the calling card, right? Yes. Not far from the question. This is black and white and it's the diatribe. But uh, so this is the, we're no longer a commercial creator of Spider-Man comics this is Steve Ditko as folk artist, which he kind of is for pretty much the rest of his life. And when you see the late period Ditko stuff, like this text becomes way more voluminous, but it's here and it's more cogent. Uh, but man, if this doesn't read like maybe a Mad Magazine kind of story or something. Uncompromised is, is how I think of this. You know, this is Ditko's vision of, I guess, the superhero and, you know, how the superhero lines up in our mad world. There's a cautionary tale to, to this comic and you have to have people in your life who check you. You just do. Because if you are fully inside your head and if you think you're right with everything that you put on the page, you run the risk of becoming a kind of a joke. And, and, and there's a joke to this comic. Like we're, it's, it's, it, there's a silliness, but he is so for serious while putting this on the page that uh it's you 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 don't want to laugh in his face if you if you were reading this thing kind of this is something that i think about a lot because i've seen like chris ware talk about we're trying to tell human stories with uh the language of jokes and i think that that's what you have here you know dick very serious about this idea of moral 
not compromising morally. And he sees kind of the fall of man in all the compromises out there, the gray, and says, no, it's black and white, you know? And the problem is, like, I don't know if you can do that with the language of Spider-Man. Right. And, and it's interesting to see a very good cartoonist trying that. And I think this strip works pretty well. I enjoyed reading this this week. Um, it makes <laughs> me, me want to dive into some of his black and white self-published stuff. You know, I have a bunch of that stuff too, and I look through it, and it, it does feel a little impenetrable. Yeah. And I feel like you just got to take the plunge and read some of it. But there's also almost no dialogue about it. You know, I, I would like to see more people talk about it. If we talk to Klaus again, it's something I want to talk to him about because we know he's a Ditko guy. What does he make of that work? You know, it almost feels like nobody read it, but this is readable. You know, this is uh, this is not far removed, certainly from Charlton work that he did. Um, yeah, it's the pretty question. easy to read. It's the question. It, you know, that uncompromised face, like he just takes it a little step further with the question and makes it a, a sort of a blank face. There is the famous Alan Moore piece where, you know, he, he uh, hears the tale of... Uh, Steve Ditko sees Watchmen and sees Rorschach and says that uh, he's the character that's like Mr. A or the question, except he's psychotic. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is out sooner than later. It's going to be in your stores, but it's not going to be there for long. Scoop it up. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback coming to you in November. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there right now. Trigger Warnings and the Anti-Social Network with Crypto Killers trade paperback coming to you in January. Jimmy has a few copies of Hulk Grand Design at stores right now, but it is sold out at the publisher level. So if you see it, scoop it up. Jimmy's going to be having a big sale October 26th with a bunch of self-published stuff, including including True Crime Funnies, the 1986 zine that has been available nowhere. Uh, so this will be the first time you get your hands on it and the BW zine. And of course, Final Order Cutoff is coming soon for Street Angel Princess of Poverty trade paperback, which is going to collect all of Jimmy's Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Dead girl alive which you also should have on your racks right now or get it now that we're done paying the bills back to the video i love Keep the visuals of all of this too it's very dense as you can see it's nine panel grids um you know this is like i feel like it's a comic book's worth of material in about five pages totally but relatively easy to read but i love these choices of not a hard outline around word balloons um you know no panel borders on some of this stuff i love like it's just a line to separate the word balloons very graphic choice yeah I think visually this is beautiful. I really like how this looks. Totally. He's uh, he's drawing for black and white. So he's not, you know, he knows that he knows the medium, the format of how this is going to be received. So he, there are marks that just he doesn't have in Spider-Man comics. None of this would be in Spider-Man comics because he's going to leave room open for for the colors to do their thing. So we just saw earlier, man, it was like this like little bad guy, man just plunked a cop on the head because to prove to us that he's a bad guy. Yeah, he could have probably got away without... <laughs> I think he kills that cop. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, once you kill a cop, now there's going to be a manhunt out for you and that, well, Mr. A is part of that. <laughs> you know, he's coming for you too and leaves his calling card, which is, uh, you know, the superhero elements of this work pretty well to me. This is almost like a stylized 60s version of the Punisher. Whenever the villains see that calling card left behind... They know his name. You yeah, know, this this is a Batman character that the underworld fears. The the thing with this Ditko interpretation, and you know, this is the first time this this character's kind of played with, is you have to go. The way you get this to work is to go so far, you know. And Ditko guys, it goes kind of far, but but it's still there's there's 
he he believes it too much and you know he believes it so much he you know that he believes everything that Mr. A is saying and it just comes off fucking weird and and we will we will get there uh this motif of like the stoic face is, is like a, an important thing it's a, it's like a, it's a judgy face yeah and uh we'll see that he will be a victim blamer and a victim judger yeah i like that that mask you know it's just a human it's almost michael myers right. or something you know just this expressionless mask and the villains they they uh reference that once or twice whenever they hit him and it's almost like a helmet i swear this is that uh rorschach enters the bar to like break that dude's fingers you know what, man? You look at this, and it really feels like you can see the Watchmen kind of uh, pulling from it. Even the Dave Gibbons-esque, like, there's there's a lot here that, again, his art evolves a lot over the next 30 years as he's doing this stuff. <laughs> but in the beginning, I mean, it's right in line with the with the um, superhero-style comics. You know, because because we're dealing with a I- ideology or a very important philosophy that Steve Ditko takes into a spiritual realm, it's a chick tract. And this is the most Chickian part of the tract when you have the teacher of the young boy who we saw do obvious wrong. He's going, he's at a harder fucking Eddie Haskell than, than, than Jim Rugg, your co-host of Cartoonist Kayfabes. <laughs> Where he's, he's got the, uh, the, what it, the crocodile tears going and it's making her, her heart melt. Oh, yes. you poor boy. And, uh, you know, he's a good boy. He wants to do well, blah, blah, blah. It only takes four panels for uh, one of his buds, to, his cronies to come by and just blow it all out of the water. And then we see our dude just like flip the script immediately, jabs him right in the gully words. Yeah, doesn't think twice about it. And we see the lady getting kind of freaked out. Look at these great textures uh, with her with her dress. Yeah, I point to that as part of the um, the great art too for black and white because you have black silhouettes and stuff coming in the doorway. So good solid blacks, great textures and grays. You know, it's it's funny. It's a contrast to the writing and the ideas, right? Because right. he's so good <laughs> with black, white, and gray. But you could have gray when it's balancing an, an illustration. That's right. That's right. That's the only time gray is acceptable. So now he's got a hostage, and he fucking plunks her in the tum. Yes. With with the, with the blade. Uh, gets punched over the edge and is hanging from a flag, a well-placed flagpole. Great storytelling 101 with all of it. Establish the, the flagpole, then get our guy onto the flagpole. So now Mr. A is now Mr. Mansplainer because we got a guy on the flagpole and we got this lady who you know saw good in a bad guy and Mr. A is making her do Sophie's Choice. I can save one of you. Mm-hmm. I'll save him. If he's so good and virtuous, I'll save him, but you're toast. Or do I save you and we just say, fuck this guy, and she's she's a wishy-washy. Yeah, look at that great slasher movie face. All right. Just no emotion whatsoever. It's up to her. And she's going wild emotionally, like such a great contrast, right in the middle <laughs> of the page, too. So he's, Great he's, cartooning. I mean, is this a superhero? Because this lady's bleeding out. And he's sitting there having a whole discussion with somebody who's in shock. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, like something tells me that if you get plunked in a tummy with a knife, you're going to be able to argue in a in the court of law any contract you sign while you have uh, while you're bleeding out. You know, she can't make the choice. He goes on a piece about like, oh, so I got to make the choice for you. He, he's got to teach her a lesson while she's dying. You know, she <laughs> <laughs> she says, save me. Yes. And of course, it ends fantastically. Right. With uh, there is no, 
there is nothing obscure like you like we know we know what's happening right here it's it's fantastic the density of these panels too very readable but look at how much information is in that one panel easily that could have been your last page stretched across a couple panels i love this too like when she finally you know accepts like save me you know i i, I don't want to die and he's like i don't abuse my emotions <laughs> you know like I, it's an incredible comic in a lot of ways. It's a cool character. I wonder how this is received by readers at the time before like they're really kind of, I don't know. I always viewed Ditko a certain way because it was colored by his ideology, by his self-publishing, by all of these things by the time I'm collecting comics. You know, like there was sort of like, this is Steve Ditko for me. But in 1967, Steve Ditko is Doctor Strange and Amazing Spider-Man, and now Mr. A, this kind of cool anti-hero, vigilante-type, you know, badass. And I wonder how fans read this, if they were like, yes, bring it on. Like, this this really tough character, I want to read more of his adventures. And there, there are more. Um, you know, we're only doing this first story, but obviously there's much more Mr. A out there. But I do wonder, like, how did fans react to this? You know, it would be such a... It's such a different context than what we have now when we look at it. It's fun to think about because uh, the person who would get wit's end is not your newsstand warrior from right. 1968. It's somebody deep into comics who, you know, loved Wally Wood's work in the 50s and is seeking it out because who know, chicken and egg, how do you even know that wit's end exists? It has to be from, from the letters pages of other comics or Squatron. It has to be like, there has to be these like degrees of separation uh, in order to even find wit's end. This is not something you're going to accidentally stumble upon. So that would suggest that the readership is a more mature definitely kind of readership than the people who were sticking around at Marvel and DC who were like, you know, like when Jack Kirby tries to stretch his wings and, and they're like, this devil dinosaur shit is whack. Jack the Hack makes eternal comics. Why don't you go back and do Fantastic Four, Jack? We don't care about your 2000 AD comics. We want to see you do Avengers. That's another really good point. You know, this book would have been more expensive as well. So you're definitely getting uh, kind of an adult readership. And all the artists that are contributing to this have different ideas of why they want to do work in here. Right. And some of it was to do more mature adult work. So you have those different ideas butting up against each other, too. Somebody's picking this up for Wally Wood, and they're getting the new Steve Ditko. Uh, you know, how does that color the experience? But as a standalone comic, I feel like it's great comics. You know, like this might be as sharp as Ditko gets as a cartoonist. Like I said, it's five pages. Easily, I could imagine this being your 20-page, uh, you know, Spider-Man type issue. But like this is Ditko at the absolute, in many ways, apex of his skill set. If you're not familiar with Wits End, like we got to do bigger videos on on it, I think. Um, yeah, it's one of those important, influential pieces in history, and as many of them are, struggled financially. You know, totally. I don't know that any of these issues really turned a profit or maybe even broke even, but something that I think leaves a mark on comics history because of so many cartoonists getting to come here, do their own thing, stretch their wings, play to an older audience, you name it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens here that it allowed to happen, and a lot of ideas that probably begin here and then flourish as time goes on. There's a fascinating lineage to uh, where, where this is concerned because uh, you have some of uh, Art Spiegelman's earliest works. You have uh, some pre-professional Walt Simonson, Mike Zeck before he was uh, getting getting published regularly. Uh, the, the, the Spiegelman connection um, and, and Wally Wood, like I, I think that this might, the genesis point of, of something like a wit's end, 
might come from Tops because of uh, guys like Woody Gelman, who worked at Tops, who is the spearhead of things like, uh, well, Woody Gelman is extremely important, and he's a name that, that not a lot of people know, but he went off and did Nostalgia Press. There's the uh, very important collection of EC horror stories, or just, just EC stories in general with the uh, Al Feldstein uh, like horror cover, horror comics of EC, something like that. They, they call it the big book, like the, the original EC fans, and that's Nostalgia Press. And, uh, you know, he's such a big, such a big promoter of, of, uh, Wally Wood. We know that, we know that, um, Spiegelman worked at Tops. So like, there's this like little sphere of creativity that sort of came out of working in that corporate environment. Definitely. And, you know, technically these are underground comics. Yeah. They're published by the artists. They're distributed with, you know, no newsstand distribution or anything. They're underground comics. It's just when we think of underground comics, we think so much of that West Coast, you know, a certain aesthetic. But that's what these are, too. So they're part of that press and that history. And I don't know that they're always ganged up with that. Right. Jimmy, you good to go? Yes. Okay, Fabris, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Kayfabe-tober is still upon us, and these are your drawing prompts. Do not run out of steam. Make sure that whenever you post these images, you gotta tag us, you gotta at us, you gotta let us know that these drawings exist so that we can share, retweet them as much as possible, signal boost your accounts, man, get you some more followers, and uh, we get to enjoy your creative work. We're a daily YouTube channel, and with more than 1,500 videos in our coffers, might not have seen everything. Go hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. And I've noticed you guys have been doing that because we begin some comments on some pretty obscure videos. So thank you so much for uh, digging into the, the channel. Search for your favorite titles. Check out those uh, comics. And uh, if we have not yet talked about your favorite comics yet, you must let us know. Put something in the comments so that we can push those comics a little bit higher on our to-read stacks. And whenever you find the favorite cartoonist or favorite comic book, share those videos. It's how we grow this channel. We're not buying advertising elsewhere. We rely on you guys to spread the good word. Yeah, good call, Jimmy. Uh, we have a Patreon that uh, you can su directly support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. The King Kayfabers on the Patreon are hanging out with us right now. They hang out with us uh, every morning when we uh, record our stuff. Uh, they get a leg up on the kayfabe effect that way through the, this private stream. They have access to every video before anybody else. And we always record one extra video so that when uh, Jimmy and I decide to go on some travels, we can still keep the daily content coming. So as of this recording right now, there might be about 25 videos that Gen Pop has not seen. So you could take advantage of that before we put those videos out live. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And before you is a small sample of our bibliography. But Jimmy, let the people know what is coming out soon. My next book release is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This will be out in November from Image Comics. You can pre-order it now at your local comic shop or online. And we ask that you do that. This is an image book and they need to know how many of these to print. So let them know that you want a copy. I am also self-publishing zines and comic books lately. You see the BW zine here, 1986, and True Crime Funnies featuring nonfiction stories. These are all available on my website, jimrug.com or patreon.com slash jimrug. And uh, October 26th, I'm going to have a big holiday fall sale where you can stock up on this stuff and some of my other zines and minis that you may have missed. Hulk Grand Design is my contribution to the Grand Design mythos. And 
basically out of print. So if your comic shop has a copy and you don't, you may want to pick that up sooner rather than later because Marvel Comics does not keep this stuff in print. If you haven't picked up a Hulk Grand Design yet, they are getting more and more scarce. So grab those now while you can. October 17th, the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus hits bookstores. October 18th, it hits comic shops. Scoop this up. Uh, about 75% of the print run has been accounted for. So we're playing with slim margins of which books are available right at this moment. Uh, so scoop it up sooner than later. It's the best book I've made. It's the 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the 50th anniversary of Hip Hop as a Culture. And it's gift-given time. It's time to start planning those Christmas presents. And uh, for the rap music lover in your life, especially if they don't know that this comic exists, this is going to blow their freaking minds. Uh, not the only holiday effort to come out in 2023. In November comes the X-Men Grand Design trade paperback. Uh, this is going to collect the trilogy of X-Men Grand Design comics that I put together. So when you're out there getting your orders for Street Angel Princess of Poverty, uh, go tell the shop that you want your street, uh, your X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback as well. Uh, the There are a couple out-of-print volumes of that, so this will be your way to get them all inside of one handy paperback book. The focus the past couple of years has been Red Room, and there are three trade paperbacks of Red Room that will be out in total. Two are on the stands as we speak, Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings, Crypto Killers, is coming out in January, and I do have to let you know that I've been uh, working on daily strips for the past uh, for the past year. It's called Switchblade Shorties, and at my Patreon, you're going to be able to check those strips out before before uh, I start to release them on a daily basis, beginning January first, 2024. Thank you all who are supporting the uh, Patreon at that level and reading these strips well ahead of time. Uh, one of the gratifying things, Jimmy, is that. Uh, People are developing their favorite characters, which speaks to the ability to get different personality into those characters. To get those characters over. Yes, for sure. So uh, the books are the most important part to keeping the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel solvent and uh, functioning. But there are other ways to directly support Cartoonist Kayfabe. And Jimmy, you could let the people know what those are. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. There you have it. The many ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. We thank you for your patronage. Jimmy, please give the people their final marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.